Welcome to Big SEC Guys. I'm your host, Daniel Poppy Southers, and this is my co-host, Tucker, the damn good dog, Compton. We are the Big SEC Guys. They're the Big SEC Guys. We're excited to welcome this week's special guest, Alex the Shark Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, he's back. Our guy, Stephen Alexander Brown, a.k.a. Alex the Shark Brown, filling in for Tuck this week on the pod. Uh, Tuck's in Napa, living the dream, California wine country. So who better to take on the role of co-host? Then Alex the Shark Brown after a great week last week. Alex, how you doing? Uh, th- thanks, Daniel, for the introduction. Very happy to be back. Hopefully, uh, ready to give some winners a little better than last week, and uh, just uh, always a good good week here to c- talk some more college football. I love it. So, listeners, we're gonna we're gonna set the agenda real quick. We're gonna we're gonna talk the uh, the six SEC games. We've got an all SEC slate, as will be common moving forward. So we're going to tell you about these SEC games. We're going to tell you our best bets. And then, of course, we're going to finish the episode with uh, Alex's best bets outside of the SEC. And then for all you folks in a survivor pool, this man is literally the biggest NFL survivor winner in the world. That's just a data-driven fact. So, uh, Alex, I'd be remiss if I didn't get your survivor picks after you went 2-0 and again last week. Yeah, what well, it wasn't the hardest week necessarily to go two and zero, but a win's a win, and that's the whole point of Survivor is just to keep winning. So yeah, we can uh, definitely add that on as a little bonus um, to close us out. And that's the humility that makes you so great. Mm, did I get all the Survivor games right? Yes, but you know, easy week, no problem. <laughs> Love it. Let's go down the list, folks. We know you want to hear about the games. You want to hear our thoughts. We've gotten a lot of. Uh, we're getting a lot of responses on some of our picks, which is great. A couple of our Alabama listeners sent uh, text videos. I got a couple of calls uh, since we all went Texas A&M. So Nick's, you know, what, what did we learn? Never bet against Nick Saban, you know, on basically an, in an even sort of money type game. So shout out to our Alabama listeners who were, uh, as they say, quote unquote, keeping receipts. They were keeping receipts on our Texas A&M picks. So very good. Let's start with the noon game, Alex. I like to do these games by time and go down the line. So we're going to start noon CBS, Georgia Bulldogs, going to Nashville, Tennessee to play my Vanderbilt Commodores. UGA, big favorite here, giving 31 and a half, an over-under of 56. Alex, how are you going to bet this one, and what are you looking out for? Yeah, I mean, this is just the annual, uh, how many points is it going to be that Mandy gives up to Georgia? Uh, it's it's hard to add really too much insight football wise on this. Um, you know, it should be Georgia early and Georgia late and Georgia in the middle. Um, there's still a possibility, of course, they don't cover the spread. Um, I, I I will say I don't think Vandy's going to go 0 and 12 against the spread all year. If if that ends up happening, uh, pretty bad job by Vegas of handicapping them. They are already on their way to 0 and 7 against the spread, I believe. So um, they're well on their way. Um, that said, I you know I just can't stomach taking points with Vandy. So I'll I'll roll with Georgia um, and just see how how it goes. Um, I'm sure it'll be pretty close to that point spread total, but I just uh, 
I just can't quite get myself to take points with Vandy in this one, even even though I'm sure at some point here they're due for a win. Against the spread, that is, of course. Yeah, yeah, Alex, that's a great call. So for the listeners, Vanderbilt is in the midst of a five-game losing streak. Uh, I said four weeks ago that they are going to lose the rest of their games. So that is looking borderline prophetic at this point. Um, I think Vanderbilt, unfortunately, is going to finish the year 2-10. and 10. They're going to start out 2-0 and and lose 10 straight. So that's tough on the Commodores. Uh, the positive note is they are getting close to finishing construction. So the Georgia fans watching the game will get to see some of that stadium construction going on during the game which is exciting. Um, this feels, you know, initial initial thoughts for me here, it, it feels like a classic Georgia take the points, or sorry, Georgia giving the points after a beatdown of Kentucky. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the other direction. I'm going to take Vanderbilt plus 31 and a half. I like what I've seen at a new quarterback, Ken Seals. Uh, I like the three-headed receiving monster at Vanderbilt. Um, this is a team that likes to throw the ball in and can score points. I mean, we've got Will Shepard, Jane McGowan, and London Humphreys. I think that's one of the better retrieving trios in the SEC. Vanderbilt's not afraid to uh, not afraid to put up a couple points and try to keep it close. So I think, I think this is going to be one of those slow starter games for Georgia. I think Vanderbilt's going to cover that 31-and-a-half spread. On the Georgia side, I'm excited to watch Carson Beck. I think he's been really good this year. I've been really impressed by him. I like Dejon Edwards and the sort of goal line package. And then, you know, the the star of the show for me is Brock Bowers. Let's see how he does. He's He's been hot. He played great against Auburn two weeks ago. He played great against Kentucky last week. He's looking like one of the best players in college football, which was our expectations. And then the other guy I'm going to throw at you that I think is going to have a big name is Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint. I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to see what he does to this Vanderbilt secondary. Georgia this year uh, actually likes to throw the ball, so I'm also going to take the over in this game. I think these are two teams that are going to try to put up some points. I think Vanderbilt is going to have limited success against that Georgia defense. I think Georgia is going to have let's call it maximum success against that Vanderbilt defense. So I'm going to go both Vandy getting the points and I'm going to go over 56. What are your thoughts there, Alex? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good call. I like the, uh, yeah, the contrarian there rolling, uh, you know, Vandy with the points, but, um, but I, I could definitely get on board that uh, with, with the over as, as well. Um, certainly um, Georgia should be able to score just about every possession you would have to think against Vandy. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, yeah, it, it just really comes into the, the equation of how many possessions there end up being and does Vandy get a touchdown or two to get it over and cover the spread. So that should be the drama, but yeah, I, I like it for sure. I'm with you, Alex. I've got this as sort of like a 45, 17 type game and that's gonna, that's going to cover it for me. So I like that. Uh, let's keep it moving. Okay. The other, the other noon game, uh, Arkansas versus Alabama. This one's at Bryant Denny in Tuscaloosa. Bama is giving 19 and a half, a really low over under at 46, which I was surprised by. Alex, kick us off. What are you thinking this week? Yeah, uh, another one in terms of the spread. Uh, not a ton of confidence either way. Um, I, I I think I'll roll with Arkansas. Um, they just tend to find a way to 
uh, close in within a lower number than what it should be. Um, they hung with Old Miss last week. Um, and then they, even A&M, who like outgained them by double the yardage, they, I think the final margin was 12. Um, same thing with LSU. Um, they hung in. Um, this, sh- this should be a harder game than all of those, um, of course, being at Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Uh, so that's why, you know, 19 still feels a little risky. Um, but I, I think Arkansas may just find a way to keep it uh, just within that number. Um, as far as over under, I, I kind of understand why it's so low. Um, you know, both both more defensive teams, and even though we've had the string of overs like we talked about last week in general with the SEC, uh, I think these are, are two squads that are definitely more comfortable having a much more defensive oriented game. So, um, relatively low total, but I I think that would be my my bet really on this is is more to focus on the under there. I'm with you, Alex. I like that. I'm taking uh, I'm taking Arkansas with the points again. That's going to be a theme for me this weekend. I'm going to take the points in a lot of these games because um, I think they're there. I think they're ripe for the t- ripe ripe for the taking, as they say. So I've got uh, I've got Arkansas covering that 19 and a half. I'm not going to touch this over under. This is going to be an interesting game for KJ Jefferson, Rocket Sanders. Uh, AJ Green, that sort of uh, Arkansas rushing attack. Uh, it'll be interesting to see see if they can have any success against this Alabama defense. I think this Alabama defense is very legit. So let's see if KJ Jefferson can have a bit of a bounce back game offensively. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but I think Arkansas will keep it within you know three scores. So that's why I'm taking the points. On the Alabama side, I'm excited to see Jalen Milrose continued development. Uh, he's gotten better the past few games. Jace McClellan is finally starting to show up. And then I still want to see more out of those receivers, Alex. I want to see more out of Jermaine Burton. I want to see more out of yeah. Isaiah Bond. They, they've got some recruiting talent in terms of star rankings and things like that. That hasn't really translated to the field outside of Jermaine Burton. The Georgia transfer is having a pretty good season. Uh, defensively, Alabama is my favorite team to watch on defense in all of college football. And I'll tell you why they have my two favorite players. So Dallas Turner, I think is one of the most, is is probably the most disruptive player in the sec current state. Uh, he's awesome to watch. He's going to be a top 10 pick in the draft. And then they have a true freshman, Alex, who literally is not, not kidding is like literally just recently turned 18 years old, Caleb Downs. And he is the best. People are already saying he's already the best safety in the country in college football as an 18-year-old true freshman. Um, and he is so fun to watch. He is a stud. He gets in the box. He makes a lot of plays in the box. He's a tackle machine. He's had a couple picks, a couple forced fumbles. Um, this guy does not play like a freshman. He plays like an elite, elite, elite level safety. So I expect Dallas Turner and Caleb Downs to have big have a big game for this Alabama defense. I, I think what does that look like? I think Dallas Turner's gonna have, you know, a sack, a bunch of pressures, a couple tackles for a loss, and then look for Caleb Downs to make a bunch of tackles, maybe get a pick, maybe force a fumble, and uh sort of help Alabama win this game. Uh, anecdotally for the Bama fans, I, I, I do think Alabama's gonna win this game, but I think Arkansas is gonna keep it within that uh that 19 and a half. Love it. Good players to watch out for as well. Yeah. Yeah. Give you a couple players to keep an eye on the more casual sec football fan listening can, uh, can take that. If you're watching the game with a friend, you can say, boy, that Caleb downs quite good for a freshman at safety. Haven't seen one like him in a long time. And 
uh, you'll be well educated. And ladies, uh, for our female listeners, if you want to, if you don't watch a lot of college football, but want to want to steal that commentary from me, feel free. And your, you know, boyfriend, husband, whatever spouse um, may think, wow, she, you know, she's she's really taking an interest in this Alabama defense. So that could be very exciting. <laughs> Let's Love keep it going, that. Alex. Thank you. I like it too. Uh, we've got the next game. This is one that I'm really excited to watch. So it's Texas A&M versus Tennessee. Texas A&M obviously coming off a uh, a tough loss to Bama. Uh, we're playing at Bryant-Denny in Knoxville. Tennessee is giving three points, and we've got an over-under of 55. Alex, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to set myself up to be hurt by Texas A&M once again. Um, as you mentioned, we were all on them last week, and they didn't quite get it done against Alabama. Um, although I got have to point out that they were uh, a, a toe slide or review away in the end of at least getting the cover for the two-point cover, um, assuming they'd made the extra point. Um, so that, that review at the end hurt a little bit as far as the spread. Um, that said, I, I, it's a tough place to play at Rocky Top. I just think uh, overall the Texas A&M defense has been legit. And I, I still think the offense can do just enough. Um, you know, Tennessee's looked pretty good at home, um, but they also they struggled at the game at Florida. Um, I just think it's going to be a, more of a test for them playing a, a what definitely seems to be a pretty legit defense in Texas A&M. Um, so small number, um, but I think rightfully so, um, given given the defensive effort. And I will uh, I'll see what happens. Should be a, should be one of the more fun SEC games of the day just to watch. Um, would expect there to be some some lead changes here, um, but I'll I'll hold, go with Texas A and M and getting the, the field goal. Alex, I'm with you. I'm taking the points in this one. Ding, ding, ding. We're on the same page. Uh, excited to watch Max Johnson continue to lead this Texas A and M team. Uh, love the wide receiver combo they've got of Anaya Smith and Evan Stewart. I think Tennessee is going to struggle with those two. I think Max Johnson's going to have a good game. Uh, and then this Texas A&M defense uh, is the real deal. We've seen guys like Edron Cooper, who's super disruptive, makes a lot of tackles. Walter Nolan's probably my favorite defensive tackle in the SEC in current state. Guys like Shamar Turner. Um, this is a really disruptive, really high-powered defense, and they're going to go against a really aggressive, high-powered offense. So we've seen we've seen this Tennessee team. We've seen you know, the big arm from Joe Milton. We've seen Jalen Wright, who's one of my favorite running backs in the SEC this season. I had him as a, a top three running back at our midseason rankings. Uh, we've got Squirrel White. We've got Brew McCoy. We've got some good receiver talent. So I think this is going to be a, a, a bit of a horse race, Alex. I'm with you. I, I've got this one, you know, multiple lead changes, but I've got Texas A&M taking care of business. So I don't even want the points. I want Texas A&M money line. Give I like it on the same thing. Uh, yeah. Give me Texas A&M to win this game away. So looking forward to that. Um, all right, Alex, <clears throat> this is uh this is the big one. This is the big one. F- Florida Gators coming to Williams Bryce stadium, Columbia, South Carolina to take on our Alex also went to South Carolina with the record state hour, South Carolina Gamecocks in Columbia, South Carolina giving two points over under 51. Alex, talk to me. That's right. Huge game here. And, uh, you know, it's, I should know better at this point being a Gamecocks fan, but I'll, I'll set myself up to be disappointed and, and take uh, Carolina to cover either the two, two and a half, I think different places. 
Uh, a little bit of a you know a leap of faith here. I just think uh, Gamecocks, their losses have come against good teams and hard places to play. I mean, at Rocky Top, between the Hedges and Georgia, uh, and of course the neutral side game against North Carolina, who North Carolina, uh, maybe not as good as, obviously not as good as Georgia or, or probably Tennessee, but they look pretty good as well this year. So, uh, you know, all three of those were not home games too. So I think at home, um, I'll, I'll, I'll take the Gamecocks to, to win and cover the small number. Florida, I feel like it's one of those teams that uh, they they should be better um, in general than what they are, but it can be very frustrating watching their offense perform at times. They just don't run any tempo, um, don't seem to uh, really make things happen um, in big games, especially on the road. Uh, obviously, a lot of Florida fans frustrated already um, with, with Napier. So um, I, will, I will take the Gamecocks, but again, similar to the Tennessee game, this should be a fun game to watch. Um, I'm sure the Gamecocks will make plenty of errors to keep it interesting, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Gamecocks, and we'll see see what happens. Alex, I like it. I'm with you. I'm right off the bat. I'm taking the Gamecocks, and the number one reason why is I saw a uh, a stat during the last Florida game. I think they've lost 13 of their last 14 road games. Wow! Did you see that, Alex? It seems like they just uh, don't win. I don't I think they went on the road. That makes sense. I know they lost the Utah game earlier this year um, on the road. Um, yeah. So yeah, check, yeah, check that out to me. They're zero and two on the road this year. They're four and zero at home. This one's on the road at South Carolina. We've got a lot of South Carolina listeners, so I'll tell you what to look out for um, when it comes to like team education. I I'd, I'd like to think I'm one of the probably are savvier, one of the savvier talking heads when it comes to Gamecocks football uh, in the industry. I'll go ahead and say it. Go ahead and pat myself on the back. Um, look for Spencer Rattler to have a big game, an efficient game. He's been really, really good. Uh, we've seen some dual threat capability from him. So look for him to throw the ball all over Willie B, but also look for him to, you know, make a few clutch first downs with his legs. We've got a new running back, Mario Anderson, who I think is really good. He's a transfer. Um, I think we're going to see a breakout game for him. I've heard some rumblings that our O-line is starting to look better. We finally got our five, two are true freshmen, um, but they're both solid. So we're, we're going with the talent over the experience, which I think is a good thing in college football. Uh, Juice Wells will not play again. He's our He's quote unquote our best wide receiver, but in reality, Xavier Leggett is our best wide receiver in current state. So I think Florida's secondary is going to have a hard time with guys like Xavier Leggett, guys like Amarian Brown, guys like Omega Blake, guys like Eddie Lewis. So look for Rattler to have a big game. Look for this to be a good sort of offensive display from South Carolina. And then on defense, we mentioned Caleb Downs as the Alabama true freshman safety. If he's the best true freshman safety in college football, the second best is Jalen Kilgore for South Carolina. So that'll be a fun guy to watch. Um, I expect TJ Sanders, one of our defensive linemen, to be really disruptive. So those are two names for you to watch on the defense. Uh, the one thing that worries me, you know, the pessimist in me, Alex, um, I think Florida's offensive and defensive lines are better than South Carolina. So this yeah. is a college football's a line of scrimmage game. We're going to need South Carolina's offensive line and defensive line to play well to win this game. Cause I do think Florida's got more athleticism, more size, more power on the lines of scrimmage. Graham Mertz has been good. He's completing right around 80% of his passes. He's been a lot better than we thought he would be. 
it's going to be an interesting test. Uh, I saw a few mock drafts had South Carolina's cover corner Marcellus Dial as a first-round pick, which I was surprised by because I think he's good, not great. Let's see how he does against Florida's Ricky Pearsall. That's going to be the one-on-one matchup on the outside. If Marcellus Dial can shut him down, Florida is going to look sluggish. They're going to look stagnant. They're going to struggle. And then South Carolina, once again, we're going to stack the box. We're going to try to limit Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne in that Florida rushing attack. And we're going to make Graham Mertz beat us with his arms. So if he can do that, touche. I don't think he can. And I think South Carolina comes away with a win. So I'm also taking South Carolina minus two here. Right there with you. Great minds think alike. So I love it. Great minds think alike. I, you know, and I sure hope we do win that game because for the South Carolina fans listening, if we, if we lose, we'll be two and four. Um, and, and I think things are going to get a little toxic because then we go away to Missouri and away to Texas A&M. Anecdotally, I think we're going to lose both of those games away. So we really need to beat Florida. We'll be three and three if we do. And then, uh, you know, we can lose two in a row, be three and five, and then win two in a row. Jacksonville State Vandy be five and five and then see what we can do against Kentucky and Clemson. So if we lose this game to Florida, you're going to you're going to get it for the people that enjoy my rants. You're going to get a really great. Shane Beamer slash South Carolina football rant if we lose this game. So something to look forward to. Here we go. Uh, Love it. Love it. Here we go. And now time for a quick commercial break. This podcast is sponsored by Pintail Site Preparation. The team at Pintail is providing the best site preparation work in Savannah, Georgia, and throughout the low country. If you need the best site prep team in the business, give Pintail a call. Pintail Site Preparation's goal is to deliver the highest quality, most cost-effective projects on schedule by supporting motivated, flexible, and focused teams, while most importantly, emphasizing on safety. If it's site preparation you want to nail, go ahead and call Pintail. Pintail Site Preparation, the best in Georgia and the Lowcountry. Uh, Auburn LSU, 7 p.m. night game, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Tiger Stadium. LSU giving 11 points higher over under here at 61. What are you thinking, Alex? Yeah, it's another fun, should be a fun game. It's kind of interesting. It's, it's, it's hard to have a ton of confidence taking LSU to cover with the defensive problems they have and just generally a bad defense. Um, that, that said night game in Baton Rouge. Um, and the offense is fantastic with L for LSU. I mean, they're, they're clearly top five offense in the, in the sports. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to kind of go the other direction and take LSU to cover because I just think, uh, you know, Auburn's more the other side, more defensive oriented. So if there's a chance for them to get some stops on defense, maybe it'll be this game, um, night game in Baton Rouge, as you mentioned, uh, super hard place to play. So I going to take a little bit of a leap of faith that LSU can get some separation and enough stops, um, to lower Auburn's total. Um, Auburn looked really good last time we saw them playing super close with Georgia, uh, I think it's only a seven-point loss there, so um, certainly could understand um, anyone wanting to be on the Auburn side, uh, but we just haven't quite seen enough from them yet. And uh, I'll, I'll just I'm still waiting for LSU's defense to be slightly improved. If that ever happens, it'll be a, a you know top team, probably a top team in the West, but uh, just hasn't happened yet. That's but I'm still gonna roll. Um, hope they get it past eleven and a half um and and we'll see we'll see well that'll be the, the side of the ball that's interesting to me is auburn's offense against uh, lsu's defense um just because i haven't really seen enough from either either of those sides um but uh, lsu will score against everyone especially at home in a night game 
Alex, there's a reason you're able to gamble professionally. You absolutely nailed this one. I couldn't agree more. Um, I've got LSU covering the 11. I think this is like Alex mentioned, this is an LSU offense, an LSU offensive team versus an Auburn defensive team. And candidly, I think the LSU offense is better than the Auburn defense. Uh, I like Jaden Daniels having a big game. Obviously, he's if LSU doesn't have those two losses, he's in the Heisman talk. He's putting up Heisman-type numbers. I like the running back. They finally committed to Logan Diggs, the Notre Dame transfer. I absolutely love, love, love. This is my favorite wide receiver combo in college football, um, and I think it's a top-two wide receiver combo in college football. Malik Neighbors uh, and Brian Thomas Jr. Brian Thomas Jr. leads the SEC, and I think he may lead the country in receiving touchdowns. Wow. So yeah. I uh, I think this LSU team, high-powered offense, is going to is going to outscore Auburn. Now, normally I would think, okay, so Auburn, um, maybe Auburn can keep up, right? The Auburn listeners, the Auburn fans are thinking, okay, well, yeah, the LSU offense is good, but their defense is so bad, and you're correct. But the issue with LSU's defense is their secondary, and the issue with Auburn's offense is their passing attack. So this is one of those sort of game setups, game scripts that really favors LSU and really does not favor Auburn. So we all know Auburn's issues. Uh, They're starting quarterback Peyton Thorne and then their sort of backup runner, Robbie Ashford, uh, are both literally not able to throw the football. So they have no forward passing attack, which makes things really hard. They've got a fun rushing attack with a bunch of guys who will run the ball. Jarquez Hunter is sort of the star of the show. Peyton Thorne's a dual threat runner. He likes to run. Uh, Brian Batty's a good little runner. Robbie Ashford, the backup quarterback, likes to run. And they throw in Damari Austin, too. And he's a good runner. So you've got sort of a, let's call it a five-headed rushing attack for yeah. Auburn that, that focused that, and, and basically no receivers. So this is going to be... I, I think the game flow here, Alex, is going to be LSU getting ahead early with some big plays to guys like Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. And then Auburn's going to struggle to keep up because they're going to be running it. They'll need to, you know, when you play a team like LSU and you go down early, you'll need to sort of pass to claw your way back. And they don't have the ability to do that. So I think that's going to be the struggle because LSU, as bad as they're, passing defense has been their running defense is fine their linebackers are good their d-line's good um so let's see if they can continue to stop the run and stop that auburn rushing attack but you're right they played they played georgia close so anything could happen but i like lsu minus 11 here anecdotally i do like that auburn defense i love eugene asante i love larry nixon the two linebackers i think those guys are both really good on the D-line, I like Marcus Harris a lot. He's super disruptive. So let's see if that Auburn defense can make some magic, but I think this is going to be one where LSU sort of cruises. So I like uh, I like giving 11 in that scenario, Alex. I think I'm going to give. Yep. I think, I think give. our analysis is very much on the same page, so we'll see if we're both right or both wrong, but I, th- I think uh, we're, we're on, on the same wavelength here. I like it. I'm right there with you. Uh, and then our last SEC game, 7.30 p.m., SEC Network, Missouri playing at Kroger Field, Lexington, Kentucky playing at Kentucky. Kentucky's giving two and a half. The over-under is 50 and a half. Alex, drop some knowledge on us. Yeah, uh, another fun game. I mean, we're, we're, we should be in for some fun competitive games. I, uh, I'm i going to go 
with the Missouri Tigers in this one. Um, the Kentucky always plays really well at home. It's also a tough place to play a night game. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm still a little bit more believable, a bit of a believer in the Tigers being a more well-rounded team offensively, defensively. Um, I think Kentucky had a lot of hype going into the Georgia game. Um, no, no shame in losing to Georgia big, uh, especially at Athens. Um, however, I think they just had a uh, little bit of an easier schedule between that. I mean, George, Florida was supposed to be the big win, but I, I don't think that's all that impressive of a win. Um, and I think Missouri's been a little bit more competitive or at least has played um, a, a little bit more of a tough schedule. Nice win against Kansas State. Um, and so uh, it could be very wrong on this. Maybe Kentucky d- dominates at home the way they did Florida, but I'm going to I'm gonna roll with Missouri. I think there's a reason why that number is only two and a half on the road in Vegas. Um, and I'll, I'll roll with the Missouri Tigers. Alex, I was hoping we'd, uh, I was hoping we'd be going in different directions here. Cause it looks like we're outside of that first game. We're pretty much locked in together. I like Missouri in this one as well. Kentucky is coming off an absolute beat down from Georgia. Like you said, no shame in that. No shame in losing big to Georgia. They've, they're the best team in college football. They're the back-to-back national champions. Um, but Kentucky did not look good. I've really, I've been really disappointed in Devin Leary, the quarterback. I don't think he's been very good completing just over 50% of his passes. Uh, I love Ray Davis, so look for him to have a big game at home. I think the Kentucky rushing attack comes to play and does well, but I don't think it's enough. Missouri, that Missouri team um, coming off a really close loss to LSU, a game I think, honestly, I think Missouri should have won. If you're a casual fan and you look at the score and say they lost by 10 points, well, LSU scored very late to go up by three points, and then Missouri promptly threw a pick six. Um, That easily could have not happened. Missouri had the lead most of that game. Uh, Go ahead. I just have to interject. I think we have to mention it had uh, SVP didn't have his normal Monday night show this week because I had an issue with his voice, but that that would have been the lead on the bad 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 beat beat of the week. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I mean, we're almost, I, I know we're all, uh, us and Tuck on the same picks last week. Um, if I remember correctly, or at least a couple of us were on both Missouri and AM. Um, and, and the yeah. Missouri one was for sure a bad beat. The AM one was pretty close against the spread as that touchdown got overturned, uh, yep. um, in the last two minutes there. So, um, got, gotta just say, I think, uh, our train of thought is, is a little bit more on the right thought. Uh, right side, and we've had a, had a few bad beats, but that that one for sure cl- classifies as a bad beat. Um, and I, I would have also kind of agree with you putting that in the pro column for Missouri. Yeah, for the folks uh, just sort of casually watch listening at home, we um, we we made money last week, and that was with two horrifically bad beats. So I think our I think our picks were sound. I think our thought process was sound. We got really unlucky. Alex mentioned it, an overturned touchdown against Texas A&M. And then, uh, you know, can, or Missouri was getting four against LSU. They were losing by three. The game was basically over, you know, desperation, heave time. And they, LSU returns it for a touchdown. So that's a, that's a horrifically bad beat. Um, but I, I really, watching that game, I, I thought Missouri should have won that game. I think Missouri's a better football team than Kentucky. I've been really impressed with their, their big three, Brady Cook, the quarterback's been great. Uh, he's he's been one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC this year. Sort of came out of nowhere. Cody Schrader, another Divi- Division two transfer, has been an elite elite running back. Uh, and then you've got Luther Burden the third, the receiver we've talked about. 
I think he's the the best receiver in the SEC. Um, he's a true sophomore. He's been incredible. Uh, you know, this Missouri defense has been a little suspect, just like this Kentucky defense has been a little suspect. So I like um, I like Missouri having some success against this Kentucky defense, and I like Missouri doing enough to stop Ray Davis to win this game because this really is going to be uh, Kentucky's rushing attack versus Missouri's sort of, let's call it a balanced attack. Kentucky's more of a one-trick pony where Missouri does a couple of things well. So I think Missouri is going to go go at Kentucky, and I think they're going to win this football game. So I've got Missouri, uh, Missouri plus two and a half as well. Love it. I think we're going to have some winners, both of us, and then we'll see which way the the one we're on the opposite side of the Georgia game. We'll see which way that goes versus the spread. Yeah, that's really the one where we were thinking differently, and that's one where you know SEC versus SEC, and you're going to give me thirty plus points. I'm I'm typically going to take that just because I think the parity, I think the parity in the SEC is is still good. Um, I don't think necessarily have complete parity yet because I think we're top heavy with, you know, a team like Georgia, but I think we're, I think each passing year we get closer to parity and closer to a, let's call it a more, more neutral sec where really, you know, basically 10 of the 14 teams are essentially top 25 really good football teams. Yeah. So that's our, uh, that's, that's sort of the, the route we're going. Love it. I'm right right there with you on that. And now, time for a quick commercial break. This podcast is actually sponsored by The Cottage Shop, the premier wedding shop in Savannah, Georgia, and your one-stop shop for wedding registry, fine china, calligraphy, and custom invitation design. The Cottage Shop, where weddings happen. Alex, I've got to give you the platform here. Give me uh, give me your locks of the week, non-SEC. I think our listeners want to know. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll go back to the Midwest, West region. Went one and one last week on my other locks. Purdue, despite outgaining Iowa, missed the cover by a couple points. Classic Iowa getting a turnover, uh, def- you know, defensive turnover and just good defense. Didn't didn't quite uh, get the win for Purdue. Yeah. Um, but we're going back, going back there. I'll bundle in one uh, a state of Michigan special. Um, go ahead and lock in against the spread. Michigan, Michigan State and Western Michigan. Uh, Michigan will be a lot of people will be on. Obviously, they've looked good. I just think they they crush Indiana, um, and they're going to have to crush them as that spreads at thirty three or thirty four, depending on where you look. But I think they get it done. Um, no, no super analysis there. I just think they crush it. Michigan is that State a, is, that a, uh, is that a parlay or is this just three separate bets? You know, Michigan, it's Michigan, kind State, of like Western and all to cover. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, you could do it either way. If you, if you don't want to parlay, do it individually. But if you want to be like, hey, let's get a little state of Michigan parlay going, then do that. You know, uh, love that uh, deal. Dealer's choice, but uh, but that's what that's what I'm liking. You know, I like Michigan. Um, same time slot there. Michigan State plays at Rutgers. Rutgers has been good at home. I think they've covered all their home games so far. But Michigan State, uh, you know, everyone got off them when they had uh, Mel Tucker leave, and they got de- destroyed totally by Washington. Um, turns out obviously Washington has one of the best offenses in the country. And yeah, outside Michael of that, if you look at Jr., he's a yeah, stud. Absolute stud. So I, I don't really, and that was literally the week where they like were going through a coaching staff change. Um, so I dismissed that one a bit. Their other bad loss was Maryland, but they had five turnovers there. The 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 t- yardage difference wasn't that bad um in that game. Um, and then another one where like they outgained Iowa, should have won, but just they got away from them with turnovers. So anyway, I just don't think Rutgers is that good. 
I think Michigan State gets it done. Um, and then the third one, we learned a little bit about Western Michigan last week in our picks. Uh, Mississippi that we State. did. Um, they they uh, covered and looked pretty good at Mississippi State. They looked like a team that can hold their own. Um, and this game's in Kalamazoo, which we talked about last week. Uh, against And they're getting eight and a half or nine points against Miami of Ohio. Uh, and I just think they, and they it kept close. it close. They kept it close against Mississippi State. Like that was a that was a fourth quarter football game. No doubt. Fourth quarter football game. And so you're going to give them more than a touchdown at home against the maybe of a higher team that just uh, as good as they've looked for recent weeks. I just I just don't see them being a, my, a Mac team, maybe like Toledo or something that's going to score a ton of points and run away with it. So uh, th- those are the picks like in uh, Michigan, state of Michigan. We'll see what happens with it. I love it. The state of Michigan parlay. What about uh, uh, give us your service academy lock? Ah, well, uh, you know, I, I missed on that one last week and, uh, army came back in the second half. They didn't quite close it out. Uh, as far as the service Academy Academy lag, uh, this, this week, I, I hate to disappoint the fans. I don't, I don't know if I have one. I'm still, uh, <laughs> you know, it's only three options there really, uh, air force, uh, who has a tough game against Wyoming and they're giving 10 and a half. So a lot of respect already for air force there. Um, you know, if I had to take one, I'll take Navy on the road at Charlotte. Um, Charlotte's still an unproven entity. Um, so I, if I if you make me choose one, I'll go Navy. But at the same time, having quite seen enough from them this year, um, so you know, I'll, I'll give a light put. If I, if I having to choose one, I'll go Navy. I like it. Navy coming to our old stomping grounds, Alex. Charlotte, That's North right. Carolina. That's right. Uh, exactly. Listener, we used to have a big group of guys. We all uh, lived in Charlotte. Had a grand old time. The, those were the days. That was a lot of fun. I agree. Yeah, that was yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte's a great place. Maybe not the best place for college football. I don't know how wild it gets there. And the uh, yeah, there's still the 49ers there stadium. <laughs> the 49ers but, yes. stadium. What is it? Jerry Richardson, the Panthers' old owner stadium. Jerry, I think Richardson that's right. Stadium. Actually, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Wild place. Once again, folks, if you don't know, just Google Charlotte football head coach. Do yourself a favor and just look at the Google images of this guy. His name's Biff Poggy, uh, and I think he's he's one of my top three favorite coaches in college football. He like during games he'll wear like sleeveless cut off t shirts. He's like a big old he's like a, a pretty big old dude, uh, and he's hilarious. So just go ahead and Google Charlotte football head coach Biff Poggy and look at a, look at a few of the Google images if you're if you're by a computer or have your cell phone on you. Um, you're you're not going to regret it. This guy's awesome. He's a He's what they call a big football guy, which I like. I actually have not seen him, so I'm going to check him out. I knew that was I knew they had a new coach, but I haven't actually like seen a game with him on the sideline. So I'll be curious to check that out myself. Yeah, you're going to need to check him out. All right, Alex, finish us strong. Give it to us. Who are the uh, Who are the survivor picks? Yeah, uh, where I make my living, this is one of those like uh, a little bit of a fun survivor week because you you know choose your own adventure. You have a lot of options. Um, yep. You can call it humility, but it, it's just a fact. It's been a little bit of an easier survivor route this year, especially the, this kind of week um, with the big spreads that you have. Um, obviously, uh, won't say anything about the Chiefs game. I think anyone could have, if they had the Chiefs available, could have already chose them tonight. They look good up 13 to nothing. Yeah, the Chiefs are um, going to beat Denver. Yep, that's an yeah, obvious but, one. Uh, going into Sunday, I mean, Bills would be the one. Um, no surprise, biggest favorite, but uh, the, the Giants – uh, our total mess right now. Our bad. Saquon yeah. might play in that game, but it, but also, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Um, so you know, Bills. If you had to choose one uh, that I'm most confident in, but uh, you know, 49ers. They just announced today Deshaun Watson is out. 
Uh, and the 49ers are super hard to beat anyway, regardless of where the game is played. And uh, without Watson, assuming that report's right, that's a basic lock. So if you still have the 49ers available, um, jump down at them. Uh, Dolphins are an easy choice as well. I, I will say kind of like the Panthers to hang on to the spread there at 13 and a half. I think they're, if you just look at the yardages and not the turnovers, they've done a little better, but, but obviously, um, and a chain is out for the Dolphins. Um, but, but for spread Dolphins or excuse me for straight up Dolphins are still a fine pick. Um, so, you know, I would, I would look at those, um, you know, Eagles would expect to win hard to see Zach Wilson beating them. Um, yeah, I wanted yeah. to not take one of the top like five teams and look for maybe like a smaller spread. Might look at one of the bird teams, maybe the Ravens playing uh, in London or the Falcons at home against a really bad Commanders defense. Um, so those would be you know two if you're looking to get away from um, the big favorites. But I always say just don't overthink it. If you have a, a big favorite available, just get yourself through to the next week. And uh, if you have the Bills or 49ers. Um, probably Dolphins too. Just go ahead and lock in one of those and and play on to to week seven in the NFL. There you go. To recap, folks, you know Kansas. We're filming right now Thursday night, so Kansas City. Uh, that's an obvious one. They're they're going to win that football game. Buffalo against New York. I think that makes sense. Uh, Philadelphia against Zach Wilson. That feels like a that feels like a good one. Miami over Carolina feels like a good one. Uh, well, oh, San Francisco 49ers over Cleveland, and then you no Deshaun it. Watson, no Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that, that'll be tricky. I don't even know who Cleveland's backup is. So that'll be interesting. Uh, it's, to D- say. it's DTR, apparently. If I mean, at least it was two weeks oh, ago. And he's a rookie, not, isn't he? Yeah, and I mean, I loved him in college, but he it did not. I mean, the Ravens are pretty good, but they got destroyed against the Ravens when it was DTR going. Um, so I would expect. More of the same. NFL always surprises you in some way. There'll be, I'm sure, one of those big four favorites um, will have it, you know, come down to the wire unexpectedly. But uh, you know, it's it's hard to predict that. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Um, for the listeners, Dorian Thompson Robinson is uh, DTR. He was the quarterback of uh, UCLA UCLA last year. He was good. Um, the fun fact about him was uh, his mom went to South Carolina. His mom was a Gamecock. Yeah. So uh, during the recruiting process, he people thought he was going to be pretty good. And uh, he was the star of the show at that Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas, Alex, where you are. Fun fact, if you remember. he was. Uh, I didn't, didn't know that. He was one of the top quarterback recruits, and they thought this guy's either going to go uh, – He's either going to go to South Carolina or he's going to go to the West Coast. And uh, he went to the West Coast, but he's best wishes to him. I'm not bitter. I don't <laughs> Drop us some knowledge on me. I did not know any of that. There you go. There's some recruiting knowledge. Folks that listen know I'm big into the recruiting world. Um, so there's a, a fun recruiting tidbit for you. But those are your survivor locks. I like that, too. If you if you ask me, I feel like Buffalo is definitely going to beat New York Giants, and I feel like uh, Philadelphia is definitely going to beat the Jets, and I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like San Francisco is definitely going to beat Cleveland. So I, I like all of those. I'm no expert. I lost my Survivor Week, I think, week two or three this year, so I was out early, which was nice. So now I don't have to uh, remember to pick anymore, which has been a positive. Uh, that's the way to go if you're not going to win the whole thing you know no point of spending time for 16 weeks and getting knocked out uh better than to get knocked out early if you're not going to win at all alex i love it that's what i've been telling everybody in survivor i'm either going to lose the first couple of weeks which is what always happens or i'm going to win the whole thing which has never happened so that's uh that's my strategy lose that's, early that's or win it all it. i haven't got out of that lose early stage <laughs> 
So maybe one year, maybe one, one year, one year. Exactly. Exactly. I'll, well, I'll join one. I'll join like one of my buddies, high school buddies, survivor leagues and have you make all my picks. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a good strategy. It, it, uh, yeah. Happy to do it. And uh, yeah, even if, you're, even, even if you are out of your survivor pick, just, you know, lock in a nice NFL money line parlay. Usually that's, that can be a great way to lose money, but uh, yeah, I, it would be pretty shocking to see any of those that we mentioned, uh, you know, lose. So lock, lock in a little bit if you want to there. I like that. Uh, if my father-in-law is listening, you might be receiving a text or a call to lock in something for me soon. That uh, that could be good. There's a, a new casino up near where my in-laws live and uh, right outside of Charlotte, um, oh, yeah. which is exciting. Two Kings. So we did some, uh, we went to the sports book a couple weeks ago, had a wonderful time and uh, I hit, I hit on my big parlay. So I was pumped. I was really excited. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I would like yeah. to, I'll have to check that out when I'm back east soon. Um, I've, I've heard, uh, I knew it was, I actually didn't realize it was up and running now, but uh, it'd be fun to check out. Yeah, it's nothing like Vegas. It's, it's like a bunch of trailers. It's not like, a, it's not okay. tall. It's like one floor. It's a bunch of trailers. And as of right now, it's all, uh, it's like all electronic machines. There's no, uh, there's no like blackjack dealers or anything like that, which hopefully they'll sure. get some of those in, in future state. That would, yeah. that would take it to the next level. Still a good starting point, so still something. Yeah, that's nice. I like it. Well, Alex, you brought the heat again. I took uh, took some notes on our bets, so I'll keep track. Listeners, we'll share some results. We'll drop some knowledge in the Instagram. And uh, thanks for listening to another another big SEC guys with special guest Alex the Shark Brown. He's here again. I think Alex is going to be a, a regular special guest throughout the season. So if you uh, if you enjoyed this episode, give us a subscribe, leave a comment, uh, let us know your thoughts. Very exciting. Alex, we'll talk soon. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Daniel Platt. My pleasure. And yeah, have a great week, everyone. We'll see how it goes. Uh, should be another fun Saturday and Sunday of football. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Big SEC Guys. We are now on Apple Podcast and Spotify Podcast. Please follow, like, subscribe and leave a review if you've enjoyed the show.